1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. All right, we're graced today, believe it or not, by a a big timer. Oh boy! No, it, we're going to start it off that way. Well, usually this, this you, is where this is where it starts for you. Usually, usually they just get me, right? Usually they just get me, but now they are full blown getting like you. So, yeah. So Tim Lesser from Loophole is here, and um. Tim is like in charge of, well, actually Tim's in charge of like everything. Uh, he's in charge of everything like me. So he cleans the toilets. He, he <laughs> nailed it. He isn't like, Oh, let me, I got to run down to the mail room. Let me do that. And then he's got to check this and he's got to check that. So he's in charge of, uh, production, manufacturing, well, manufacturing and marketing. Yeah, uh, the product development. Product and development marketing. and marketing. Pretty yeah. much the same thing as me. But like I said, Tim also cleans like cleans up everything, does everything, and you know, goes for it. Is that fair? That sounds about right. We've got a good team that actually gets that done, or else I would mess it up. Bro, you and me both. Like I have like people <laughs> that help and I just like I am the Tasmanian devil chaos of like just running through stuff and can you do this? Can you do that? Can you help me on this? Can you help me on that? And then they keep it together. Yeah. Keep it on the road. Yep. So Loophold is a new sponsor in our um, our web series. And, you know, the thing about it is, is you, you know, everybody thinks, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people will think like, okay, you know, optics and stuff that's all big game related and, and 100%, you know what I mean? But there's, there's so many uses on the waterfowl side that people don't even like really – I don't want to say think about it, but just, you know, take it for advantage because like the, the binoculars are in your pickup. So you just pick them up and you're scouting on a field or, you know, whatever else, or you, you really need to take a look and maybe there's like a cool bird in there and you get out the spotting scope and you want to see like, whatever, you know, you want to read the numbers off the band. Like, I'm just saying like anything <laughs> like, but people take that in for advantage. So I want to talk about that kind of stuff. And, uh, and even like a rangefinder, like I'll pull out a rangefinder on like a goose hunt in a field that maybe the field's a little weird or something. And people are like, well, what are you doing? I was like, dude, do we need to do the walk off or do you just want me to range the last decoy? Like, I don't need to do that. Like it takes me two seconds to go, okay, this decoy, the one that's the upright is at 35. So anything in that is killable done. You know what I mean? But the other thing is like, I use it in the boat because it's like, Okay, we're on the river. You can't get out of the boat and walk twenty yards because you'll be <laughs> you'll be swimming, right? So you go, okay. Last decoy, the pintail on the corner is at thirty. Anything inside is killable. Like you know, so you you really got to look at optics and 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 the things that you guys make in a totally different way. Like there's a lot of uses, you know. There are, yeah. There's there's lots of ways to to go do it, and I'm still learning, right? I'm learning from you. Um, some of the ways that we can take better advantage of, of what our products are or what people have been doing that we may or may not be aware of and, and how can we talk about that in a, in a meaningful way and just add value for the folks that are out there doing this every day. Well, and there's, you know, there's so, 
Well, here's well, here's a bone to pick. So, if it's a bone, it'll be funny. But uh, like you guys, like the problem is you guys make stuff that's too good. So like, like, like on like right here on the desk. Like obviously you guys can't see, but we're gonna talk about like like these binoculars. Like you'll laugh. This is like how old? Like uh, <laughs> ten by forty two Tiogas, right? I don't know how many years ago that is. I would need to go in the back, way back machine a little bit. Uh, right. At least five years. Probably. Right. But guess what? Those are like my, that's my favorite pair. <laughs> okay. Here's the rangefinder I stick in the blind bag in the boat. RX 1600. Yeah. Those are, so that's still current. I, oh, okay. I'm proud of you, Mario. Well, look, that's look at great. that. Look, look at, at that. that. That's and they killer. work great. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like that, that Tioga pair is awesome. But you got, you know, but you guys come up with like new stuff all the time and it's killer, right? You like whatever you do, like you okay, hey, the glass is better on this, like this is better, like whatever. Like you guys always have some upgraded stuff or you found some more technology or whatever. So, you know, so yeah, there's my gripe. Like the stuff lasts too long, it's too good. It's too it doesn't break, it doesn't fall apart. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to change that. Can you do that? So it's you know we can't, unfortunately, <laughs> no. Nope, not that that one's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> we got that team is uh is hardwired to make yes. stuff that lasts forever and uh, and that's the cool thing. that is that is probably the best thing because you know you look at you look at that and you go you know this stuff is so is so built right on like what are you gonna do like it is what it is like you know you guys go through the smash test and do all that kind of stuff you know over at the at the office and it's pretty serious the the smash team i'll just say like <laughs> They're like, I mean, you know, is this public knowledge? Like you guys have yeah. a whole, yeah, you guys yeah. have a whole department of, um, let's try to break it. And in, when can we break it? In, in ways that you wouldn't even imagine, at least for me, when I got there, it was like, we do what? To right. It? You know, there's drop tests and there's salt fog and there's some of those things, but you don't, you don't think about, okay, get it down really, really cold and then drop it on this specific angle right. 400 times onto the, right. onto the concrete. Right, because, happens. you know, you're they're trying to reenact, like, something that could happen in a, in a, a hunting situation, in, a, in any kind of situation. They're trying to figure out, like, what can they do? Because, you know, it takes that one hit or you fall when you're on a goat hunt, you know what I mean, and you mm -hmm. fall on, the, on your back on the rifle. Like, anything that could happen, like, they're trying to recreate. And, yeah. Like they're, yeah, I'll just say smash team. Cause I've seen some of the stuff there and it's like, holy crap, I can't believe you do that. Like that would never happen in the woods. Right. But yeah. you're like, yeah, we're testing it. But we, we go through and do it. hundred percent. You know, a lot of that. Um, so it was surprising to me. I've been there 20 years. I'm still learning stuff yeah. when I go watch the team, the, the break it team. And... The, yeah. The, the, <laughs> that's what we'll call them. The break it team, the smash team. They're, they're intense. They, they do amazing things. And then you ask why. And it, uh, a lot of it, um, honestly, goes back to military testing. So a lot of our, we don't there know when someone buys the product, we don't know where it's going. So incredibly motivating for the team. Is this going to go um, on a, on on a mission? very first deer hunt? Right. Or... And, you know, is it someone's very first this, very first that? Is it the, the hunt of a lifetime? Or is it headed somewhere that we don't talk about to do things that we're not aware of? And that so, we don't talk about. And right. Yeah. They're just, so you don't know, we don't know. I mean that, you know, and I, you know, and I know you guys talk about that, you know, like out in the open, as far as like testing and, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not, 
you know, I'm not in that space, but I'm not aware that anybody else, I know no one goes through the amount of testing that you guys do and what, you know, the stuff, like we yeah. talked about what you guys do. I don't even know if anybody does anything like that. We, we, we test everything that's out there. So one of the things that a lot of people think of the brand for is rifle scopes. Um, right. And a lot of the testing comes from that kind of ilk, if you will, right. um, for, a, for a, a scope to sit on top of a rifle and, and withstand falls out of a tree stand, drops out of a helicopter, um, all those things, right. let alone all the recoil every day from, from it going off, which is incredibly Correct. violent. Absolutely. Um, that's where a lot of the testing and where the heritage comes from. And so then we apply that throughout with uh, all the, with the rest categories. of it. So, and we've been doing that for 70 plus years. And, and every year we get better at breaking stuff. The engineers hate it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but the, the, the thing we go back to is, is, is anybody, you know, and that's what I go to is like, is anybody else, you know, so when you, when you go to a store, like, I'll just say, I'll just say customers, like, okay, you go to a store and you're like, oh, you know, this loophole scope is this much and this brand is this much. And you're like, you know, say it's within whatever, $100, $200. And you're looking at, well, why should I do that? And it's like, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that makes the difference. Like, is that other item, that other brand tested? Like, did they, like you said, did they throw it out of a helicopter? Did they smash it on the ground? Did they throw it off a cliff? <laughs> you know, or, or like reenact something that, that puts that kind of pressure and that kind of stuff on it. And that's, that's the difference because listen, you could go to a store and you could pick up a pair of binos and go, Oh, that's good glass. Oh, that's good glass. Those are, you know, those are both, you know, maybe they're similar in glass. Maybe they're not far off or whatever, but it's the, it's the testing and going the extra mile or like extra 10 miles to see, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, that's the difference. Yeah. You know, for, for us, there's kind of two ways to look at product quality. One is we can warrant failure. So every time it fails, we'll, we'll warranty that and give it back to you. Right. right. That's not really how we want to operate. The other one is that you can guarantee guarantee the performance. And um, while you can never guarantee everything that's made by humans, we can put processes in place that basically make it so that when it gets through this process, it's going to work. And I like to say it needs to work the first time, every time, because we don't know which one of those is going to be the important thing for you. And if you're you know, you're out the Aleutians somewhere and it, it took you five days to get there and the weather finally allowed you to do something and now right. a piece of kit goes down. Who's delivering the replacement to you? That's right. No one is. It has to work. On that trip, it needs to work. And yeah. so we need it to work every time. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you were talking about, like <clears throat> you can go to, you know, is it is it your first deer hunt, your elk hunt? Is it a li- trip of a lifetime or is it like... Or is like honestly like like we don't talk about, but is somebody's life depending on yeah. on that as well? I mean, you know, you guys do uh, a fair amount of military law enforcement. I mean, there's, you know, you guys have a ton of contracts. Like you just do a lot of stuff in that, and always have. You right. know what I mean? Always have. Like that's not just something like oh we do that now. Like you guys have been doing that for a long time decades yeah Yeah. i don't even know right i don't know the date i don't i'm not putting you on the spot for the date but yeah long yeah i mean some of those um you know this audience may not be quite as familiar with our rifle scope heritage but uh the ultra series of rifle scopes were going back into the 70s and early 80s um and those were those were official contracts prior to that people were using our gear they were buying it themselves right so use it to use it to take it you know, on, on their deployment. Um, and then it finally got, Hey, we're seeing these things show up. How do we, how do we 
formalize contracts and get something going with you guys. Yeah, because right, because like a couple of the guys are using them, and that's what they talk about, and they're like, "This is the the real deal. Like, we need yeah. to get these." Yep. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it it was like the market was almost uh, created from the guys who were using it and saying, "We need to get these." Yeah. The real. The tier guys, the tier operators. Let's just say the tier. I don't say tier one, but the the top tier operators. Like, yeah. So I mean that that's huge. That's huge part. That's huge part of it. And and I don't think a lot of people really understand that. So, I mean, when when you say like you know like you could look for like a laptop, which is just like a throwout, like and it's like a military grade laptop. Like, okay, is it really? military grade and then you obviously got to do some homework and there actually are some you know military grade laptops like just for example so like when you're looking at a scope and you're looking at stuff like you like everybody thinks like military grade like it it has to be the top and it does yep. you know and all your stuff is that great you know what i mean so you guys go above and beyond and i know i'm harping on this but that's the difference like that is the difference of <clears throat> this brand versus that brand you know you could talk about decoys and like listen yeah we use this plastic and we're doing this paint and we're doing that stuff you know is is somebody's life depending on it no <laughs> you know what i mean you would think so sometimes like if we're not shooting birds you're like ah, we're gonna kill each other it be, can feel like it <laughs> <laughs> but it's not but it's not so uh <clears throat> it's not so dependent but when we're talking about that kind of stuff like some some of it is so yeah you know and if it is your first deer or you know like you said like you know like we always we always joke like i have a bunch of elk and deer points like when i draw i'm just calling you and reason going okay uh i'm gonna i'm gonna draw and you guys will take me and i'll be like yeah i don't know what the hell i'm doing but when i go obviously i'll be sighted in and ready on the rifle and the whole deal and you know the first time i go and do it you know, yeah, like you said, you want it to be it'll, work. It'll work. And be spot on. When, and that's, uh, you know, <clears throat> when you go on the big game hunt with us, we'll, I'll get to repay the favor for you for you <laughs> dragging me around with crayons and chalkboards and stuff. Saying, now, now, this is what a bird looks like. It's going to come in from above you. <laughs> look up in the air. Well, and then I'll be like, what, what are we doing? We got to hike all the way up there. Oh, yeah, and down. Oh, and then if we shoot it, we got to carry it all the way back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is, it's, it'll be fun. We'll have a blast. <laughs> so we're talking to Tim Lesser from Loophole, uh, one of our great partners. Uh, and, and you know, here's the other thing. Like, you go, oh, hey, uh, you know, a company gave you guys a bunch of free stuff to use so you could talk about it and, and promote it and do that kind of stuff. And, you know, the thing about it is, is loophole is literally the office is literally 10 minutes from here from my house it's always been this close i've always had friends that work there uh i've always used that stuff i i don't i i i honestly say i have one other pair of binoculars that are older than the kids i think <laughs> that i actually have in a box downstairs that i'm just going to give to like a new hunter like a kid i have a box for a kid out in astoria <clears throat> So I've literally haven't had anything else. And, and even before I moved out here, I remember like my dad, um, like if you like, like Pennsylvania, serious deer yeah. hunters. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was, and, and I'll tell the story, which is even funnier. Um, you know, if you had a Weatherby Mark five, right. Or Mark's oh. like what, like if you had that wood, right. Yeah. And then you had like, 
and I don't know what scope was hot at the time, but if you had a loophole scope on your freaking Weatherby Mark V, right? Like, and you, like, pulled that out of the case, all of a sudden, like, sparkles went off and fireworks, <laughs> and people were like, holy crap, right? That was, like, the epitome. And I remember my dad, like, talking about that because my dad's a collector, and he has a pile of guns and always had rifles, and we always shot all the time. And, and those, like... When we were kids, we didn't get to shoot those. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you don't get to touch. You can see it, right? And be careful handling it, but you don't get to shoot that one. And that one, that one, like, never even went on a hunt. Never. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that level, you know, that level of, of, of quality from way back then and then coming full circle to now where it's like, you know, we're partnered up with Weatherby. We're partnered up with you guys. Like, this is so cool because I've used this stuff forever, seen this stuff forever. And it's not about, like, you can get free stuff from anybody. But when you partner up and do stuff together, that's, like, when both sides are getting stuff and doing stuff together. And you're like, hey, have you guys thought of this? Or, hey, have you thought of that? And it's, like, giving ideas and i'm always talking shotguns with kyle and giving them some, hey why don't you guys do this or why don't you do that and i'm always throwing like weird stuff out there but and that's the kind of partner stuff and and stuff you do together to to yeah to help each other's brands and do stuff but it's just cool that you guys are right here i've always used it i've always done it even before you know like you sent me a pair of binoculars do you know what i mean yeah yep. so and, and that's the thing that people don't understand well he's just talking about it because you know, he got a bunch of free stuff. No, I'm talking about it because it's pretty cool. First of all, because of the the, the, pro, the quality that you guys go through, it's always been top notch. And to have a hometown brand like right on and doing stuff, killer. Like you couldn't ask for anything else. And that's what, you know, listen, how long have you been doing this? Like you've been in the outdoor industry probably just as, about the same as me. Yeah, 20, 20 yeah. 21 years. Yeah, 20, yeah. right. Yep. So it's like you you go through this evolution of like, you know, you do stuff and you're working hard and you're climbing up the chain and then you finally get to make some decisions and, and like do stuff with people you get to, you like, and you, you want to use their stuff and you want to promote it. I mean, that's the cool part. Yep. You know what I mean? hundred percent. All right. FA podcast. We're talking to Tim uh, Lesser from Leupold. Hey, let's talk about, um, so obviously I have some old gear here. But let's talk about something new on the binocular side. And I, I, I grabbed that pair just to talk about them because you guys sent me a couple different things to use. And usually like a 10 by 42, 10 by 50 is always what I use kind of when I'm scouting. So, you know, because let me go through it. Like, because it's easy to uh, have in my blind bag, have in the boat, have in the truck. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so then let's run, let's run through a little bit. Cause I'm not sure like guys will understand like, what does the 10 mean? What does the 42 mean? Like, we'll just do like a basic. Yeah. All the numbers. It's yeah. Because numbers you know, some stuff, especially if you're, you know, you're younger, you're just getting into it. You're like, Oh, I, you know, everybody always says grab a pair of 10 by 42s or something. And I just don't know what that means. You know what I mean? So, so can sure. you go ahead? Yeah, so uh, the the first number on a binocular, at least, is the magnification. So right. if it's an, let's just say there's an eight by forty-two, a ten by forty-two, and a twelve by fifty, something right. like that. Right. Um, the first number is the power. So if you have an eight by forty-two, um, the the uh, the images when you look through it, it'll make the the ducks, the decoys, the birds, the deer, the target, 
look like it's eight times closer. Right. So if you have an eight by 42, things look eight times closer. If you have a 10 by 42, they look 10 times closer. Um, and if you have a 12 by 40 or 50, uh, they look 12 times closer. Right. Um, when you're holding these things, so you think about cameras and you're filming and watching Absolutely. sporting events, they're on tripods, yep. right? And so they stay stable. Yep. One of the things that people say, well, why wouldn't I just get automatically go right to a 12, go right to a 15? Why wouldn't I? Right. Part of that is if you're in a boat, if you're in something that's moving, right. um, now the wobble or the wiggle is magnified eight times or 10 times or 12 <laughs> that, times. That is right. That is also magnified right yeah everything the, everything is your in, motion in, in it right? <laughs> yep um and as you zoom in so uh, again i use sporting um, events sure. to kind of help you know if the camera zooms in on the picture uh and the picture fills the screen you can't see the third baseman you can't see the first baseman right. anymore but as they zoom back out as they pull out you may see the whole infield you may see the whole field right um, and that's what we call field of view and so as you zoom in you shrink your field of view. That's uh, right. You know, the, the image still fills the eyepiece, right. but you're zoomed in farther. And right. and so some of the situational awareness goes away with that. The zoom, the more you zoom in, the less you're going to see something off to one side or the other. Correct. Right. Right. It just tightens up the whole yep. field of view. Yep. Right. So, so first one is how many times it's magnified. So, so hopefully that helps. And obviously it's the same on scopes. It's, it's the same on everything. It is. Right. Yeah. So some of the scopes you can, do multiple powers so you can start on a low power and zoom in and zoom out yes um, that is much more difficult with a binocular uh, correct because you need both eyes to be exactly the same and as soon as you start moving parts around it, it gets tougher so they're generally a fixed power meaning you you pick one and that's what it is that's what you get well it'd be impossible and especially like how could you serve that that area like somebody has glasses one eye's a little different than the other eye like you, it'd be impossible like there you it, it's impossible it's really really tough we, we've we've done it before we had some that were a switch power um but they didn't zoom and part of it there is it will make you incredibly kind of seasick if you will if you're looking through it while you zoom because they're going to be slightly off and your left eye sees something different than your right eye it's uh it's I'm a mess seasick thinking about it's, i'm, it's I'm like mess. i'm yeah. like sitting here going oh my stomach's a little queasy like i can i can imagine that being like yeah horribly like like an illusion in your eyes that's just like all over you know, binoculars seem easy. You, you look through it and it makes everything bigger. Right. What you don't think about is everything needs to be aligned. And, and obviously, lots of brands have figured figured this part sure. out. If any binocular kind of works pretty well. Right. Um, but it's really critical that the left eye and the right eye are pointed in exactly the same spot, but they need to be running parallel. They can't, like, be cross-eyed and looking at the exact same thing at 100 yards. Right. Or else at 200 yards, you're, you know. You're, you're going east and west. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of alignment that goes there, and it's just a lot easier um, to keep it accurate, keep it really crisp if you have a fixed power. So that's with the, the 8, the 10, and the 12. And, and, on, and on the rifle scopes, it's easy because you obviously you're looking through with one eye. One you eye. can go and adjust, and you like you said, you can change your power up. or you, you know, Well, you could zoom in to, you know, zoom in, zoom out. You know what I mean? So it's totally different. You don't need two eyes, and it's not like making you crazy. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just through the through the one eye. Right? Yeah, and that's the big difference. That's why you'll see spotting scopes, other things, even telescopes that you know people might use for with one eye, right? With one eye, you right. can zoom in and out. So binoculars, whole different ballgame. Yeah, you're looking at both. Yeah, because I think the scope I have on the rifle is like a VX3, which is like 
and I don't know what it is. It's three to nine. Uh, what I don't. I'm not only. You know, probably what I mean? three to nine by forty. Yes, I think it's three to nine by forty. So I can I can adjust. Depends on where I'm shooting and what I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> so on a a regular eyepiece, uh, one eyepiece. So that's like you said, your spotting scopes, the the rifle scopes. You know, you could be a little bit more, like you said, varied on that. Yeah, yeah, those, so, those right. can be a little more, a little more versatile because it's all going through one channel right. of your brain, you, right? Yeah. Instead of two, yeah. and and you know the thing about you guys is you also have you know we're we're talking like you you have a range of products from the bottom you know like say somebody who's just starting they want a three hundred dollar scope they want whatever a two hundred pair of binoculars like whatever you guys have something for the starter and then you go all the way up to you know, serious, legit, you know, couple thousand dollar optics, you know what I mean? So that, that's the other cool thing about it. And it's not like, like, listen, you, if you buy the 300, 200, $300, whatever, it's still not junk. Like let's, let's be honest. It's, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. It's still been the smash break team has still done everything to that everything. item. You know what I mean? Like they would do on a four thousand dollars scope. Like they've still done everything to it. They, you know, same testing. That's same. right. So that's the the piece that a lot of people kind of wonder about. Well, you've that's got right. a rifle scope that's you know three thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars. This this competition uh, rifle scope or the one that's going on these these military contracts. Right. They're twenty five hundred bucks, three thousand dollars. Yep. What about this one that's two ninety nine? Right. Um, what am goes, I getting? Goes through the same tests. Yeah. So the same drop test, the same recoil test, the same freeze. Heat, uh, fog, try to fog all, it, all, all that. those things. It, it, it needs to still go through those tests, and that's uh, it. And that's the difference. That's why I keep going back to that. That's that's what separates what's going on, is because like you know, I'm not saying other brands will or whatever they do, but it's like you know, you don't know. Like guys will always go, well, what am I really getting for that 200, 300? Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I taking a chance? You know, and that's what we're saying. Like you're not taking a chance on this. So, yeah, yeah, we we make sure that they're all. Um, there's a baseline that everything has to pass, which yeah. is a, an incredible challenge. So if you go back to the, the 70s when we started our first variable power scopes, right. just, just as an example, sure, um, it was a 3 to 9 by 40, and, That's it, right. and it cost $299. And if you go to one of the stores right now, you can buy a 3 to 9 by 40 that costs $299. And so if you go back to the 70s and look at the price of a new pickup, I'd sure... Love to get a new one today for the same price that I, Bro, that I paid then. Bro, are you then, kidding right? me? Oh my god! Yeah. So I mean, it, there there's something for everybody. I always talk about that, and that's and that's what good companies do. They you go top to bottom. You know, there's somebody just starting out. You know, there's somebody who's on a budget. You know, you know, but you you want to sell them something that if they take it and buy it and use it and put it on their rifle or they use it, you know, and they're they're glassing from their truck or they're on a mount. Like you know, it's qualified to do the job yeah it's you know for us it's just a piece of we're so invested in this stuff when when, when we go out when when I'm, when I'm with you and you're trying to keep me pointed in the right direction and tell me what i'm looking at or i'm away up on top of a mountain with a very hard to draw tag right i'm there because i love it and the, really the only thing that can mess that up for me yeah it's better when birds come in or sure. when there's game right. the only thing that can really mess it up is if i do my part and, and the you... gear doesn't then I'm mad. Other than that, I'm happy if I'm outside doing doing my deal. And we can't. We just we will not allow that to happen with somebody that that 
finds the time to go do this stuff and relied on us. And then the equipment lets them down. We're not going to let them down. Yeah. That's the point. I mean, listen, we're, we're in the same boat. I mean, we, we back everything we do, uh, and that we make, you guys do the same. Like we build it, you know, we build it so it doesn't come back. So we don't have an email. So somebody like sends that email, like you said, like I was on a hunt, I was here and the gear let me down. Like that's the worst email you can get hundred percent. And, and like I said, listen, our, our products aren't, you know, there's no lives depending on it. You know, you bird hunt a lot. So it's not like, you know, uh, you know, it's not like one day is going to kill you, but the day that something will fail would be the day that like, they're just pouring in and like something yeah. happens. Like that's the, that's the last email I want to get. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and you guys are the same way. And that's the, that's the whole beauty of it. Like, like we, t- like we was just talking about, you know, you go through this, you know, you go through this section of, you know, you're in the business and you finally are working your way up and you finally get to the spot in that, in the, in the company where you could make those decisions and make those calls and, and say, this is how we're going to do it because that's the last thing I want to read when I go. Cause I look at the, I look at the customer service emails every morning. You know what I mean? That's the right. last thing I want to see is somebody that was like, that we let down Yep. and, and we've kept them, you know, We've kept them to a minimum. And like you said, you cannot build something 100% like bulletproof because people are making it. It's in production. It's in mass production. And it doesn't even have to be over, you know, 500. Like when you get to a certain, it's mass production. doesn't matter. If you make more than one, it's mass production, right? (laughs) So so you're trying to control that and, and keep that in check. And it's hard, but like we've made a conscious effort and you guys have been doing this forever and making that effort. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a, always a challenge, new processes, new, new everything, but how do, how do we make it so that it's going to, going to go through this process and that the, the chances of something being wrong are as eliminated as possible. Right. And you, you're still going to have some stuff. It's going to happen. Like, you, you know, you said, you just, you're trying to minimize them as much as possible. So that's all you can do. You know, nothing's 100% perfect. So that's all you can do. So, you know, so we're talking loophole. We're talking, we're talking binoculars. We're talking spotting scopes. We talked um, uh, rifle scopes. But the the newest thing in the last couple of years has been the eyewear. And it's not like, I remember the first time I said uh, sunglasses. And I was like, I got corrected. Folks, these are not sunglasses. This is protective eyewear. And I got schooled on the difference because it is a difference. There, There is a difference. Like you go through tests on the eyewear. You know what I mean? So it is totally different. So, uh, and everybody, everybody that's used them and worn them, everybody's pretty thrilled. Like no matter what pair they get. So... <clears throat> Believe me, it's made a difference. Like the last couple of years, I think the last two years, I've worn uh, the Packout pair. That's my favorite pair. And I've worn that pair like everywhere. And here we don't get a lot of sun. So, but when I'm on the road, you know what I mean? I can't wait to take them because it's like, oh my God, I get to use them. So, you know, it's Canada. It's when we went to Europe. It's I go to Montana and and, uh, Wyoming. It's I go to uh, Missouri, like wherever I go. So I think... The eyewear is such a cool thing because, you know, I have a pair in the truck that is just everyday wear, 
you know what I mean? But I could also take him in the field. I could go to the range with him and I can shoot with him at the range, you know? Yep. So is there some specs you can give me on the eyewear that, you know, so people understand like it's not sunglasses? Yeah. So it's, we're mentioning it, we're calling it performance eyewear because when we, when we go through and and look at it, um, sunglasses to me infers that there's a tint. It just makes things darker. Right. Um, if you think about a rifle scope or a binocular, I'll just give you an example on a rifle scope. Sure. A lot of people think of that. Uh, right. There may be nine lenses. There may be 15 lenses all within that tube. Um, right. And we need to make sure that the light when it comes out to your eye is perfect. Right. And so you're doing all kinds of crazy things with those lenses to try to make something bigger, make it, you know, look closer, make clear, it clearer, crisper, look, right. reduce glare, look right. back into the woods you know, to, to see back into dark spots. Right, all So that. without oversimplifying it, making one lens look really good, pretty simple for our optical engineering team. I, and, would, I would think, right. You know, compared to trying to align all this other stuff. <clears throat> right. And uh, what we really focused on is if you go back through, you know, the last 50, 70 years of trying to figure out what lens coatings help the eye see game and right. see other things and be relaxed and... Um, all these things that you need with a, uh, an observation product, like a like a spotting scope or a rifle scope, when you can translate it, that into you've got one lens that you can make whatever shape you want, and you can affect the color treatment however you want to do it. Um, when you spent 50 years trying to perfect it on 15 lenses, getting it right on one <clears throat> shouldn't be that hard. Pops out, right? right? And so they were deli- it was like delighted, like wait a minute, we oh, can yeah. just go crazy on this. And we so can make one lens. What? One lens, and I can make whatever kind of colors I need to make um, images in the background, make right. things pop. Like if you want a deer hide to pop out better, or you want this, right. or you want that, or just general relaxation and comfort. Right. And so they just completely nerded out on this. And so you can you can go in and get sunglasses, but this group would be like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Do you know we spent two and a half years making this one tint exactly perfect for this thing or that right. thing?" And right. Um, when you put them on, you notice a difference. Yeah. Right? You, you put them on, and we've we've done a lot of work to make sure that the center of your pupils is aligned with the center part of the lens, which are things people don't think about. You know, you buy some airport or gas station sunglasses, and you get oh. a little headache when you're driving. And maybe maybe there's a reason, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we everything we build, um, whether it's actually rated for safety or not, is out of safety rated materials. And that is, sounds like a mouthful, and it sounds like some guy at the office giving you some kind of BS, but um, in order to be rated as a safety glasses, right. it needs to wrap around the side of your eye. So right. you need a certain amount of protection from the side. Right. So if you take a Bridger, for example, in our line, that's more yep. f- uh, more flat style, kind of looks similar to an aviator. Correct. Completely ballistic rated. It's just the materials are, are ballistic rated, but there's not enough coverage on the side. To call it a safety. To get call it a true safety but there are ones there are ones in the lineup that are rated as safety yeah. because they wrap around because 100%. there's a there's a bunch of pairs that do wrap around yeah yeah so we've got um, everything's built out of materials that will protect your eye if something were to come back you know directly at it right um, but to be rated there's a you know half maybe a little more than half um, it's probably is slightly more than half now but a lot of options in there that are that are truly safety rated that will protect from the side as well right right because that's the only difference is that is that side side coverage to be a safety right right because everything else like you said all the products that are used to make the eyewear is the same and rated right yeah Yeah, all the materials are yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that's the cool stuff so i mean you know so when you you know 
the the loophole difference let's call it there you go like back to you know the products how they're made the quality the standards the testing you know you get you get into all that that's what you get yeah. you know what i mean that's that's the plus that's why you buy it that's why it's backed that's why the warranty's there like all that like you know what you're getting you know and there's guys that have been buying this you know stuff you know from you guys forever and that's the reason you know mm -hmm. they keep coming back and they do that and sure you can you can probably go find something cheaper or do something but you just got to remember like it's not there's different standards of things and you get what you pay for no matter no matter what I mean that's just life that is that's part of the <laughs> part of the deal so yeah so we um, we actually were out a couple weeks ago on a killer freaking goose and duck shoot <laughs> and then I had your wife out the other day on another uh, like that's when I like like when I call and I go hey you guys need to you should you, you should, should come. show yeah. it, it that's when I just go it's <laughs> worth because it. we were we were on fire the other night and Risa was was 100% shooting stuff she was having a blast and then uh, like uh, we were talking about when I had you out and it's like the first bunch of geese that came like it was just like it was just a mob. It was insane. <laughs> I'm, I don't it's want like, to fully what, admit which this. Which one do I pick? But I'm laying there filming it because I, I mean, we're in the laydown blinds and the layout blinds, and I'm, and I'm just looking up there, and it's like even I can hit one of these. And then I hate to admit this, but I didn't. <laughs> well, listen, now in that big group, I literally just sat there and I opened the doors and I just watched because, like, I had my son Cole. Cole was there, and my buddy Don, and and you guys, and David. And I was just watching, and I was like, I didn't even shoot either on the first one. I was just like, this is freaking awesome, and just getting the dog ready. So we had a blast. But, you know, the, the cool thing is, is like, you know, you're not in that space that much. You don't get to go. So I definitely want to take you guys when it's good or just get out and go because it's just, I don't know, it, it, it for what big game is to you guys and how much you love it mm -hmm. and, and how much you love sharing it with other people. Like, it's the same thing on my yeah. side, like trying to share it with you guys. You know what I mean? Because, like, you guys will probably be, like, you guys will probably be giddy and all excited, like, when we go on a, a big game hunt. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, because yeah. you're sharing yeah. it with me. Like, you're sharing, because it's like you're sharing your side of what you guys do with somebody else. Because that's how I feel, like, when I take you guys, like, you know, and then I feel terrible, like, if it's not good or whatever, because I want it to be so good. And it's like, so you guys can experience that. So, so far we're two for two this year. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I've never seen anything like that. That was. It was pretty good. Almost biblical. I'm laying there just like, whoa, this is, I, I've seen birds, but I, this is a lot of birds. Yeah. And, the first group I think was a, I don't know. They were stacked up pretty tall, like, like as the tornado was coming and it was all little cacklers. And I, I want to say it was probably close to a thousand birds was the first bunch. It was, it was a pretty real deal bunch. Like it was, it was something that even I sit back and I go, yeah, that's a lot of birds. Like this is, this is pretty sick. <laughs> and the dogs were like beside themselves, especially like the first couple were just about landing and the dogs were just coming unglued. Like, holy crap. Like, is, are you guys, are you guys going to shoot or what? <laughs> you can see their heads exploding. You can hear it. You can see it. I was feeling the same way. Oh my God. Listen, when, when that stuff happens, there's, there's nothing like it. You know, that's the, that's the thing about waterfowl hunting. Like you just, you know, and I'm sure you guys have, you guys have the same exact thing, you know, on the big game side, like something happens, like you finally get into, 
you know, you get into the elk and you're, you're chasing them or they're coming finally. And you're calling like, it's, it's, it's this, I'm sure it is the same feeling for you guys. Like I'm geeked out still on stuff like that. Like the bird stuff never gets old to me. Yeah. No, and I can, and I can see why, you know, it's getting, go out there. So I I learned so much from you in, in full disclosure. My dad grew up uh, in, in what's now Cheyenne, Wyoming, way, way out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, at the time, and they subsistence hunted waterfowl. They had one little pond that was out there. That's why the house was where it was. And his job shoot was to go out and, and go out and shoot a couple birds every day, so they were fresh. And, and uh, by the time we were ready to be of hunting age, right. the last thing my dad was going to shoot was waterfowl, and it had it, it, become work, right, for him. He was the right because he was... killed them, cleaned them, cooked them, did stuff all that for all the older ones because they were doing more important stuff that involved driver's licenses or you know, blacksmith work or, sure. or whatever. So something on the farm or something, right, to make money or to do whatever, right? Yeah, so they're, you know, totally different. subsistence stuff. And so I was That's like, wild. what about birds, Dad? And he just looked at me and says, you're going to have to go with someone else. <laughs> so I didn't have a mentor um, for a lot of it. And it's e- it's easy <laughs> to think, well, this will, I'll just go do this or that. Right. Um, right. And I tried it a couple of times, and it was very clear that I needed help. Well, I mean, listen, we, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania where you would think like, I'd be like this huge deer hunter, right? Like mm-hmm. there's more deer there than people. Like it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And and I realized like early on, like well, first well, first of all, like the first time we went duck hunting, it was like the dog and the water and the boots and the I'm in. Like I was in, right? I was in. And 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 the deer hunting was fun, but it was like there's so many people hunting in Pennsylvania for deer, yeah, right? right? And it was just like like, like, listen, don't get me wrong. It's not like duck hunting's not crowded and there's not, you know, like people ever, but it was just like, I, I just didn't get the enjoyment out of it. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, it was all part of like me growing up and what we were going through. And, and, and once my brother was able to drive, um, it was like, well, as soon as deer season started, like nobody it was hunted. Ducks. Oh or my geese. God. Yeah. And we had all these places to ourselves and we were like this is like the best thing ever like you can't get any better than this right so so i think that even almost pushed us more into the waterfowl side like even crazier because then it was like because deer season pennsylvania is like okay thanksgiving weekend uh there's no school monday because nobody shows up right right? so school's closed and it's like we waterfowl hunted the whole weekend like we were like in heaven it's like, and then it was on from there. Like, and then guys were still, still, you know, still chasing deer or, you know, maybe they didn't want to hunt anything else or maybe they pheasant hunted a little, or maybe shot some rabbits. And then, and then you'd have like a late muzzleloader season. So then guys were tuned up for that. And I was like, oh my God, this is great because Just there's, please, please go on, keep yeah, going, gone. So, so that pushed us so hard into that, but me and my brother were just buried in it and just all about it. So we just kept, we just kept going and obviously moving around the country and then getting here. Like, this is like, I don't want to say the Mecca, but this is a pretty good state to hunt waterfowl. I mean, this is a great state for everything, to be honest. Like, it I mean, is, there's a lot of stuff. There's here. a lot to yeah. chase. I mean, you could, <clears throat> you could hunt or fish something all year, it's, hands down. It's insane. So, so for me, you know, I kind of went the other direction to find waterfowl. I started out big game hunting, um, ended up working for an outfitter for several years. Yeah, you were there in um, Wyoming, right? In that Wyoming, was, right? Yep. And then as part of that, we're walking around looking for stuff. So we're kicking up upland birds. Yep. And 
you know, we're using dogs to hunt mountain lions and other stuff. And I love dogs. And yeah. so I kind of went the other direction and worked through Upland. And, and we live right here where I can hear you the mornings that I don't go. Yeah. <laughs> I can be laying in there. Saying, and, oh, they're there. And, and I can hear the, the geese. I can hear <laughs> the shots. And it's, I mean, we are, it is insane now that I'm a little more alert and aware to what's, what's going on. I know. This flyway is it is just black like mosquitoes with birds yeah. all the time. It's pretty good. And the the goose numbers are, are increasing. Uh, like it seems always the dark geese are, you know, the snow geese. Thank God we don't really get those because guys really want those to come here. But I just, I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. I'm like, you literally don't want the snow geese to come here because you, we will be like, first of all, they'll run out the dark geese and then they will, be harder to hunt meaning that like oh we take like you know we take like the cart in full of decoys right well if it was snow geese like we'd have to go two three carts like it'd be so you'd have to go that many decoys you'd have to step up your game like it would be guys would cry like it, it would be it would be and and it would be you'd have to have three times as much gear like it'd be it'd be insane because we can't drive into any fields here because of how wet it is, and the you farmers can, don't want you. You so, can I drive mean, into them, Mario. Oh, you just can't get out. <laughs> you can drive into them just fine. <laughs> you will just be calling them with the tractor to come out, and what he's going to kill you Your after tra- you bury the truck. The truck's just going to disappear. Oh, my God. I don't know how many have, I've seen do that, and we have, we have pulled out a few with the tractor. So, yes, that has happened. So you can totally drive in. You would just leave it there. So if you want a new truck, or you just might as well set it on fire while it's there because you – the ground is going to swallow it. Oh my God! Completely. So that is a, that is a huge, huge thing. So, uh, I think we covered a lot. I don't know if there's anything like. Is there anything you want to hit on the products or, or or anything new that maybe people should looking for? Not necessarily even new. Like we don't need to talk about like next year. Like, is there anything on the market that people should look for? Any other technology or anything that you guys are doing? I mean, you've been pretty steady and have everything like dialed in like on the range finders the the ballistic and the wind like you guys are dialed in on you know everything you need to be dialed in on like i know technology is always growing but i don't i don't know if there's anything else in that category you you know for for this it's it's probably going to be more um kind of iteration how do we make this a little bit better that a little bit better okay um down the road so you know coming up in three four months there there are some things on the horizon yeah. that, that are going to be good um we'll probably start talking about those in january february yeah um but it, you know combining a couple of pieces of equipment together uh, yep. for example and um and just trying to make everything a little bit easier uh, and just more intuitive right that's the nat- yeah. natural evolution if we get a little bit better every year 50, yeah. 50 years from now we'll be We'll you know, be pretty as, good. As much better as we were <laughs> from 50 years ago. Well, yeah. and we and we definitely need to, we'll definitely come back like right before we get into like, uh, right before we get in the spring, because we could talk, you know, red dots and, and turkeys and yeah. we could go, we could yeah. go into all that. So that's totally separate. I didn't even want to get into that, but yeah, you guys do have that as well. So, I mean, it's a full line. You could just go to loophole.com look at everything and you know listen there's swag and gear and you know other stuff like it's just like everybody else like you guys got it all so you just look and the other cool thing which i was just talking to james about and you've 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 met james and and hunted with james i believe but we um he was just talking he just got he just got a new scope and he's gonna do the um 
Uh, oh, the dial. The yes. CDS dial. The CDS dial because he knows what he wants to shoot for ammo, you know, and he's going to get it dialed in and then he's going to send them in and you guys can do the custom yeah, we'll make work it. to get it right. I need some kind of a custom swing system for me for my follow through. 100%. It would, it would help. Because um, <laughs> the dial he's talking about makes it so that it compensates for like bullet drop. So if you don't know, if you need to shoot at 100 yards or 500 yards, right. the bullet's dropping the whole way. So how much do I hold over? Um, this dial, just you, you use your rangefinder, and if it says it's 400 yards away, you, you turn just... the dial to the four, and it has aimed up enough to compensate for how much the bullet goes back down. I that just need someone to compensate for a moving the swing of the bird, bird in the air, and then I'll be well, okay. So, Riza was doing the same thing the other night. She was swinging through and stopping. Yeah, I'm sure that's... Because you guys are rifle shooters. Like, I get it. Or you're upland shooters, too, right? So, I said to her, I said, swing... like, And she, she missed, like, the first two birds, maybe. And she was like, I'm behind them. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, you know, like you, like, that's the thing. If you're a good shooter, you know, like she knew I was behind. Right. Yep. And I said, I said, you're, you're not following through. And she was like, okay. And I said, come through the bird, get past it and then keep going and shoot. Cause you got to just swing and keep going. Keep right. Going. Right. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So then like the next bird came in, came from the left. It was good left to right. She pulled up and she shot and it hit it back a little bit. Right. So she wings it and it goes down and we get, the, you know, the dog goes, gets, it comes back. No big deal. Right. And I said, perfect. And I said, now you just got to go a little bit more. And she was like, okay. So then she was on. So, I mean, that's really all it is. And it's, listen, it's just, holy crap. It's just practice. Like it's just, yeah. it's a rhythm. Like you get into the rhythm of shooting a rifle. You, you know, you get on the rifle, you take a breath, you look in the scope, you take the safety off, you take another breath, you yeah, pull it, squeeze the trigger. You don't pull it, you squeeze it, and and you're good. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. the same thing. And it's like you know. So I I would be the same way going into your area. Like you're like, hey, you're pulling the trigger, you're not squeezing it, or <laughs> you're not taking a breath. You know what I mean? Like I know that that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna do because I don't do that all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? That's not my I don't want to say area expertise, but that's not what I do all the time. So it's you know. Yeah, it's easy for you guys to know all that, right? Muscle memory thing. You know, we're, right. we're used to making sure the rifle is completely steady, when, yes. unless, unless you're hunting coyotes and other things. And, sure. And that's a different deal because they're running, and now in the scope mentally, I know I need to keep it out there. Right. And I feel myself with waterfowl. It comes in. I'll go to the range. I'll practice. <laughs> you know, I go shoot sporting clays. I do all this, and I follow through, and then the birds come in, and it's just like I go... Ricky Bobby or something. I don't know what to do with my hands. And, <laughs> yeah, was... and as soon as I see it, I just stop and shoot. So well, it takes a little while. <laughs> I, re I remember like the first turkey I shot and I remember uh, uh, it got called in. I wasn't even calling, right? It got mm -hmm. called in and, and, and Jimmy who was calling it in was like, he was like nervous and like shaking. And, and, and after we were done and I shot it, he was like, he was like, weren't you nervous? And I was like, I was like, no, bro. All I had to do was shoot it. Like, I didn't have to do anything. And because he was all worried about all... calling it in and getting it in and me, you know, getting a good shot and all this other stuff. And I was like, I was like, all I had to do was shoot it. And it was a, it was like 12 yard shot. It was like, just okay. like, yeah. like right in our face, like right on the decoy. Right. And it was like, no, I wasn't nervous. Like now if, if we like, like, holy crap, if we get on a big animal and like, I don't know what I'll be like. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Like I'm almost to the point where I got 
I got to like talk myself like out of like, just like, yeah, don't worry. Just, you just shoot. You'll be okay. Like don't get all amped up or then I'll just like, my head will just explode. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's probably where I need to be like, Oh, no worries. Like there's a lot of elk out here. Just, you know, there's a lot of 400 inch bulls out. Here. Just, yeah, just, it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, speaking of, uh, what did yours it was Utah, right? It was a Utah bull, yeah. And what did it? What did it score? Because we were just talking about it yesterday. Because I talked to a buddy, my buddy D, uh, who's in Utah, and I said, I said, oh, Tim from Loophole, I said, he shot a really nice bull, and I said three ninety four. Was that correct? It it came out really close. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, so when you shoot these these animals, if you want to officially score it, and they're people can have their own opinions on getting them scored or not getting them scored. Right. There are some reasons for conservation that, hey, this habitat helps antler growth. How do we know what sure. that is and understand more? Right. Um, and so I like to, to help. This is the first animal I've ever had officially scored, but you need to wait 60 days. after For the, like, a little bit of shrinkage, shrinkage let's call so it. Shrinkage, so it yeah. kind of dries. I gotcha. Because um, they, you know, they carry moisture. Sure. Um, sure. And so this allows you to compare with things that people found that may have been deadheads from five years ago, whatever and, it is. And shrunk and, and are where they're at. Right. right. So um, they're trying to do it for conservation, not for trophy hunting, as right. people might think. Right. Um, so you need to let it dry so that it kind of um, associates. So we just did that last week. Uh, gotcha. And I took my the bull that I shot and a buddy's bull that he shot here in, in western Oregon out to uh, the central, center part of the state and had him scored. It went 392 and 2 eighths. Holy crap. And people might say, well, 2 eighths isn't that like one quarter. No, we leave bro. everything in eights. You, when we you do it. get, listen, you get what you, you take what you can get. If it's one eighth, you take it. Yeah. And they, <laughs> and they leave it in eights. So That's you, eight, eight, zero eights. Perfect. Yep. Um, and then they do these deduction things, right? So just for symmetry and other stuff. That's, I gotcha. And, and so, and it was a typical, it was a typical okay. Rocky mountain elk. There's, there's three kind of subspecies, Roosevelt's and Thule. Right. Um, and some people want to know what the net score is at the end. And I so gotcha. that ends up being 384. Um, gotcha. I'm more of a, if it grew it, it gets credit. Um, yeah. Because it's not about putting it in a, necessarily putting it into a record book somewhere. Yeah. It's just about nutrition. And if he was healthy enough to grow it, then that area provided good elk habitat. So, so then that was, that was in the books in Utah as a, a certain number size or like, like you're like, 20th you're 15 like what did it did it like score yeah. somewhere in i uh, so we just got the score done oh, okay. and now what you would do is you send that in because it's official so gotcha. there there are people who's uh, who have been specially trained on how do you measure these things it, right. and it, i know it sounds weird but where, sure. do, where do you start where's the beginning of the of this point where's the end they of know that point? right they know and they need it to be the same or right. else you know if you have me do it it's going to be different than if yeah you they have to probably. be it has to be right the same standard yeah. Right. Yeah. There's weird things that come off of these sure. antlers. So we just got that done. I haven't mailed awesome. any of the forms in any of that. But so we'll get an update on what it what it ends what it up. Was, yeah. Awesome. People are you know saying that you know the biggest what might be a county record. Some of these and I don't know the I don't know the sure. truth to any of that. That's cool. And honestly, that you know the animal gets the credit for that. The guide, the the right. conservation team. I happen right. to be the the guy that was just in the shoot. right area yeah. at the right time, following around, and and this is what stepped out. You know, and so. Um, yeah, I just try to be cautious about that. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta look at it where, you know, when you, when you do shoot an animal like that, like I always go, I always go back to it, like on the waterfowl side, it's like, Hey, you shot a band or, you know what I mean? Or a collar or something like that. And I just go, 
you know, if you, if you do it enough and you work hard enough, you know, all the time in your whole life, like sometime you're just going to get some cool thing like that. Right. You know what I mean? It's just payback for, you know, all the hard days or all the days where like it didn't go your way or whatever. It's just, it's just like, for, it's chance first, you know, kind of like luck and chance, but it's also, you put in the time and you got to that position at some point for, for working all, you know, scouting, you know, humping hills, like doing all like, it just comes back to, you know, like karma pays you back, you know, at some yeah. point, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, the, the opportunity for luck, which is what I would call it. Yeah. Do you have more opportunities for luck? The, the, the more times that you do it and That's the more right. times that you do it effectively. And, you know, that particular day we had done, um, by the time we got back to the truck, 18 miles of mountains at 9,000 feet, um, with, with, you know, packs and things on there. It's a big day, you know, when, when all that's said and done. So you've seen a lot of country, right? And so uh, for you, yeah. whether it's bands or other things, how many hours did you spend prepping for the setup and, and pushing the cart out there because you can't get the truck anywhere close? And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you say, boy, that would, that would be nice. Yeah, well, it is. And, and you earned it when you did that. Well, you know, that's what I'm saying. You're out there putting in the, the sweat. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, it's a sweat equity. You get back, and and that's the cool stuff that happens. And listen, those aren't like those aren't like the 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 only stories. You know, it's the stories of, you know, you know, taking, you know, like like taking you guys out, and you shoot a couple of birds, or you get to see that swarm of geese, and you're like, holy crap, like right. that. You know, those are the stories. Like, it's not about like the piles all the time. And you know, this is where we are in our in our lifetime. You know, you go through that you know, section of like, I got to kill everything when you start and you're like, pile them up and all this other stuff. And then you just keep going. And it's like, you know, you just start enjoying more things about it. And it just, it's just a cool transition. And, and I think both of us are kind of at the stage where it's like, you'd rather take somebody else so then they could experience it or they have that success or they enjoy it. And you're sharing that with them. So it it's all, it all comes back. It's all cool. Yeah. yeah so I remember the old guys telling me that, that yeah, you know, at some point that bloodlust kind of goes wanes and you're just as happy to take your kids or a neighbor and i remember thinking well there's something wrong with you what's wrong with this guy and now i'm right in the middle of it i just want to i want to go if i have a tag great but if if a neighbor or a child or a first timer or or someone who's hunted for 15 years and is still still excited wants to go i love being out there and it makes more sense as i as i get older yeah i mean that's the cool part all right folks fa podcast appreciate you checking us out uh you can hit up uh loophole at loophole.com you can check out all their social pages instagram facebook like just go find them uh if you have questions they have somebody you can answer any tech questions that they need yeah. they can email text chat i don't know if you guys have a chat thing on your we're, on we're your... working on that yeah um, right now 1-800 loophole or you can email in and we'll we're going to get right back to you yeah that i know that department is very good so if you guys have questions on anything you could hit us up i'll get you in touch with them like whatever you guys need to do it's pretty simple so fa podcast if you need anything for us just hit us up at fabrand.com you could hit us up at fabrand.ca uh, in canada that is our uh, site up there we have some distributors in Europe. All you got to do is go down to the bottom of our uh, page and see what country you're in or what's close to you. And you could find a distributor there that has stuff. And shout outs to everybody else that kind of partners up with us and helps us. And that's uh, Federal Ammunition, also Weatherby, and uh, my guys up at uh, Sas Goose Company up in Saskatchewan. And, of course, the guys at Rogers and Tim and everybody at Loophold. So if you need anything else, hit us up, fabrand.com. I'm Mario for the FA Podcast. I'm out.